My name is Alex Fasulo. Um, my company name is Alex Fasulo because I freelance as a freelance writer today. Uh, so pretty easy. This, this, is, this is Diversified Game Game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have the queen of freelancers. You might see her face in the thumbnail and say, I've seen her on CNBC, this product, that product. I mean, she's done all the media. I mean, she's going on a media run right now. Alex Fasulo, who her company is her name as well. Alex, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, Kellen. Thank you for having me. I love the um, pool and hammock background you have going on there. You make me want to stop working right now. <laughs> well, we're Florida neighbors unless you're traveling. So feel free, um, you know, <laughs> we, we, we can swap um, anytime and, and go from there. I'm just so happy to have the freelance fairy on here. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not Alex gonna go through the whole rundown because you're doing so much media i want people to see the other stuff that you're doing but you are killing it in the free <laughs> game and i i just i think where i want to start though is you used to work for a pr firm and you were in hell pr hell i call it i'm a pr guy i'm a i'm a consultant i want to know can you describe that feeling of working for other companies, being judged on everything from how you look, how you sound, what work you do? What was that feeling like for you? Yeah, um, you know, it was really hard for me. Clearly, I lasted four weeks out and quit. It just, um, I guess with my brain, it didn't make sense to me that I was going into this place every day to have people make fun of me, to have people telling me my clothing sucks, to have all this clicky crap going on. And I was doing this work that meant, made no sense to me. You know, they were having me do stuff I could have just been doing at home. And the whole time I, I was just sitting there going, this doesn't make sense. And this only pays $36,000 a year, which I'm not trying to be insensitive. I know that that is a fine salary depending on where you live in, our, in the country, but in New York City, it's unlivable. So I was just sitting there going, you know, this sucks. These people are rude. There's all this clickiness. There's this drama. There's all this crap that wouldn't exist if I was just at home doing my work and doing my own thing. So for four weeks, I sat there and all I kept saying to myself was this doesn't make sense. And you know how important that story is to tell because with, you know, diversified game, diversity is in the name. But a lot of times I know personally working for different companies, tech companies or whatever, folks, you know, say, you might not last long here. The last mm -hmm. black guy was five years ago. And I say, man, I don't know if it's that or I'm just weird. I'm unique because I know at heart I'm an entrepreneur. So right. I'm here to do and practice for what my business will be. And I've done this for so long as an entrepreneur working for those companies. I knew there would be a time that I end. But the fact that, and I hope you're not offended by me saying that you can rival with any of the Instagram models that are out there, um, <laughs> you know, have the look, uh, Caucasian woman, as far as we can tell, and that you felt the same thing that many people feel. 
So maybe it's an issue in corporate and how they are acting and onboarding people and treating people while they're there. Because I'm in the same boat with you. Not invited to the lunches. You know, everybody's going in at a group. Um, no one can make fun of me. Like I told you, jujitsu and different martial arts and knowing how to shoot. People know who to bother. But like that feeling, do you ever see yourself maybe making like a training or a academy to teach corporate how not to treat people? You know, it's funny. I think I have such disdain for corporate that I wouldn't want to create anything to help corporate. I'd rather just take corporate down altogether. Um, so I'd love to create a school for everyone who has left corporate. But I think there's no hope for corporate in the future. I don't think it's going to fit into the uh, new normal anymore. And like myself, I totally agree. And so if you can't, if you don't like corporate, you definitely don't like politics because that's what controls politics. I'm from the school of George Carlin. My audience knows this. So how do you then create your own world where, you know, you're comfortable? Ah, uh, that's a great question. I mean, it's six years in the making for me. I don't think, I don't think you can create your own world overnight. I think you know, how you start to do that is just by being authentically yourself because there's only one you in the world. So when you start to just be unapologetically yourself, post it on social media, do what you want to do every day, keep your head down and not concern yourself with what other people are saying you ought to do. I think your world just starts to automatically create itself then and people start to follow you in your story because you're being so transparent with them, they can recognize that I think even through a phone. So it's like when I started to tell my story a couple of years ago, I hid it for a while because I was, you know, self-conscious of it. When I started to share it, people started to listen. They were like, oh, thank you for sharing this story. And, and the, all that time I was thinking to myself, well, no one cares. And I always say to people, everyone cares, like share your story and be yourself. And your story, you know, for all the media that you have done, it does not come off, at least to me, cheesy, where, oh, I made over 300000 Look at me. I'm the guru expert. You're really just telling your story with nothing to sell except to say you can do it, too. Um, did you intentionally do that? Because a lot of, you know, folks who are entrepreneurs now, you would have had the Bentley. You had had the airplane in the background, um, you know, red bottoms. Make sure you get that pose with the heel. Like when you were crafting this, did you do it like intentionally like that? Or did you have a PR team that said, do this, this and this? Uh, no, I have no PR team over here. But you know what? This week I'm considering hiring one because I'm getting so much Internet hate. It's starting to get overwhelming for just me to be doing it alone over here. Um, but no, I did it all myself. So everything you see is just me and my personality. I am not a flashy person in person. I have nothing against people who want to buy red bottoms. My sister loves that stuff. And I love that she loves it. But I, I didn't really pre-plan any of it. It's just me. Like, you're more likely to catch me living in a van by a river so I can go on a hike than you are with a, a fancy purse. And that's just because I have had no PR team. So it's just me. Nothing has been crafted over here. Um, and I feel like in some ways that's pissed a lot of people off, too. <laughs> well, for a second, I thought she was going to curse. And that's okay. You give it however you need it to give it. But can you talk about the hate? Maybe I missed something. What are they hating on you for? Oh, man, Kellen, you've missed a lot then. Because um, don't look my name up on Reddit or Medium or Google or anything. Because there are, there are thousands of people who hate me. And I sit here and go the same thing. 
why the heck do these people hate me so much? Like, what have I done? Like, I haven't posted the picture of me with the airplane. God, can you only imagine? I mean, I have to think. I do have to think because it's mostly, it's 99% men who are hating. I have to think it's these insecure guys who are pissed off that I'm a young woman making money. I, I must, um, you know, threaten their masculinity or something. I don't understand. Like, why can't we all just be friends here? But if you go look it up after this, you'll crack up. Like, there, there is some hate out there. Well, you said Reddit, and that tells me these are incels that are single, lonely. Nobody wants them on the, the market. These yeah. are the guys, you know, these are the guys that even catfishing, it, it won't work for. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so they're, 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 they're upset because you're getting this press. And maybe you might have said no to the wrong guy, broke up with the wrong guy, and he was, you know, he's toxic, whatnot. But the hate, with success comes hate. So... I always tell my clients who are influencers, I say, if you believe the good stuff, you'll believe the bad. So don't read the crap at all. How have you been able to get your mind, you know, right? Because a lot of folks have tried to harm themselves off stuff like this. All jokes aside, people, do not kill yourself off what people say online. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's real and there's no school to prepare you for it. You know, if anything, I'd love to write a book like to prepare someone who goes from being no one to having thousands of people online hate your freaking guts and it's like no one prepares you for it so it's been so immense this week that I was saying you know maybe I do need to get some PR team in here to buffer me from all of this because um, I it's unsustainable exactly like to read any of it you know I'm getting to a point where I think I have to stop reading all of it. Definitely, definitely. And there's a school, my audience knows, because I'm creating a course, and they're like, Kelly, tell her about the school. But there is a school, but there's just having a good circle. And yeah. that's what you really, you know, want. And again, believing the good um, means you'll believe the bad twice as much. Who cares? Because they're tuning in. Think about what they say about somebody who's like uber famous. Um, and <laughs> That's why sometimes we can only get to a certain level, I think, because God knows how much hate we can really take without yeah. spraying everybody. But um, with, yeah. with, with the, you know, the success, I got to ask this. I ask all my guests. I got to ask you early. What is a community give back that you are doing or that you plan to do? Because you're on a roll and I think the best is yet to come. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think I, this is going to sound funny, but that I almost give too much back because I have a free Facebook group going right now. There's 5,000 people in it. And it's kind of this community where I just let anyone post whatever they want. And I try and chime in and help them with their Fiverr journey, with their freelancing journey. I do it for free. I go in there every day. I provide everything I can. And it was actually some of the people in that Facebook group that started the Reddit thread, the hate thread on me. Um, so I was almost like, you know, it's like when you have a little kid and you give them candy every day. And then eventually when you tell them no more candy, you know, they flip out. So, you know, I feel like my problem is I actually give too much back to the community <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out how not to. I mean, I make, I have a free podcast. I have free eBooks. Um, anytime anyone calls me, I listen and I help them. And, you know, my mom sometimes will say like, Alex, you got to chill. Like you can't be mother Teresa here. Like you got to let go of that and kind of keep your head down. Well, I, I think it's great. And you have to remember uh, mother Teresa was attacked. 
um, various times with doing the work that she did. And, you know, that's not everybody's calling, but I'm sure even her family said, don't be Mother Teresa, whoever her mentor was, right? Right. we have to, some of us, we have to die empty. So whatever that means, we just have to go through our journey because we know we have so much to give to uh, hurting people. There's so many hurting people um, now. So I love that you do that. Now we're talking about courses and schools. Um, I know you have a book. Talk about any courses or schools that you have or plan to do. Yeah, I have um, four online courses now that I've recorded in the last year. I do charge for those, you know, somewhere I have to get paid for my content here. I have four online courses. I have five eBooks. I charge for one of them and the other four free. So that's kind of where I am with that. I I want to in the future write actual full-length books. That's like one of my dreams. I just don't have the time to right now, Uh, but I would love to do that. And I would also love to take the online courses to the next level and almost develop a school around it, because I think this idea of freelancing is going to become so much more important than it is right now while we're speaking about it. Um, So I'm I'm like, you know, scrambling to keep up with it because I almost feel like this brand I've created is much bigger than me. You know, it's like taken off and I'm almost trying to keep up with it. And I'm sure that you have read the four hour work week, correct? I'm actually reading it right now. I'm right in the middle of it. Okay. When when Tim wrote that book, I mean, it spoke to my heart because somebody who I want to be free, I want to, you know, I'm more productive doing my own thing. Do you think that corporate with this whole COVID thing is going to change and say, you know what, we're going to hire more and more freelancers because one, it's cost effective. And two, we think we're getting, you know, better products. I think that they are because it's, I think it's a win-win for everyone, right? Like they won't have to pay employee benefits. They won't have to pay for their vacation or their health insurance, but they'll still be able to profit from that freelancer's expertise. So I I think, you know, corporate's going to have to embrace that. It's going to be better for them too, especially, you know, paying for these commercial spaces that they're in. There's just no need for it anymore when everyone can be at home. So it's like, these corporate companies will save a lot of money if they switch over to hiring only freelancers. And I think they are going to do that. But like with everything corporate, it's slow. They're slow to react. They're slow to understand what's really happening in the world. So I think they're going to lag with it. And I think while they're lagging, it might put a lot of them out of business because these other more agile companies are going to blow ahead of them. And I love that. And, and yeah, get, get the blockbusters out of here. If they don't want to listen to the brilliance of the young, you know, and young for me is the under 65 who have ideas and um, might not have the, the power right now to push. But a lot of folks will hear your story and they'll say, well, okay, she made 300, 400. Okay, you could say a million. Is she doing it all by herself or is she getting gigs and then giving them to other fiber people and, you know, bubbling and doubling her money? So can you talk on that a little bit? Because I'm sure nobody will believe that you're doing it all by yourself, even if you are. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. People come at me for that all the time. And I have so much content on social media where I talk about how I work with a team today. And I've been super transparent about it all this time. It was around the four-year mark when I started to bring a team on. So for the first four years, it was all me. I have the receipts to show, you know, I scaled it to six figures all by myself. And for whatever reason, people need to know that. But um, yeah, today, I mean, I, I 
I work with a few people. I have VAs, I have two writers, you know, I've built out my own business like anyone naturally would in this situation. And I, in all my TikToks, I'm super transparent about it. So all these haters will come for me and be like, she's lying. She has people helping her. And I'm like, of course I do. I'm a businesswoman. You know, it's like, I'm scaling a business. Dive people helping me. I, I don't know why people get so funny about it, but yeah, the last two years I've been working with the team and I'm actually right now hiring even more people because of all this press. Uh, naturally, I have more inquiries coming in. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm working on growing an entire copywriting brand, you know, with or without Fiverr right now. And maybe some of that is in their um, traditional definition of a freelancer that it has to be one person. Yeah. And- you know, and, and, and how, how dare you throw what you're making and I've only made $25 for this month, which could mean the type of work that they do, not necessarily has nothing to do with you. Um, if, I, if I was um, on your team, I'd tell you, hey, we're going to tell them to um, kiss, kiss, <laughs> kiss the ring or kiss your whatever, because with age, you really don't get a, a lot of patience for the haters. You know, they're, they're mad because they're not where you're at and you're just getting started, which is a beautiful thing. Right. Can you talk about, you know, going through school, if you had to take out loans and if you did have to take out loans with this money coming through, if you've been able to be debt free? I Yeah, I'm fortunately debt free. And I was at a very young age. I um, with my mom, we kind of had this agreement when it was time for me to go to college she knew how hard I had studied and I applied to some Ivy leagues and everything. And we kind of had this business meeting, she and I, where she was like, listen, if you go to a state school, I'm going to help you out because that's like one tenth of the, a New York, the New York state state uh, state school system. She's like, that's going to be like one tenth of the tuition. If you go somewhere else, plus if you and your sister are in at the same time, your tuition is going to be super low. So like, let's make a deal here. You know, you go to a state school and I'm going to help you out. So I was like, you know what, mom deal. So I went to the state school. I worked food service. I also tutored to help pay, pay it off. And then by the time I graduated, I was debt free, which was a very uh, blessed thing for me. I know not everyone gets that. Um, but since I had that blessing, I committed myself when I graduated college to never have debt. Because I was like, I'm starting off with an advantage here and I'm never going to take that for granted. So ever since college, I've always, I'm like super frugal with my saving because I'm like, I, my mom helped me out here, you know, now I want to help my mom and I, and I do. So it's like, that was kind of the deal we made as a family. And I love that when families do that, like when they help each other out, because it's like, why are we all against each other here? Why can't we help one when they're down and you help the other one when they're down? So yeah, I live super debt free. I'm not comfortable. I'm not one of those people that's comfortable putting everything on loan. As everyone knows, I bought my Jeep in cash, which everyone loves to tell me was stupid to do. But I think there's something to be said for not having 14 payments to make every month. Um, that's just my mindset. It's old school, but I'm, I'm super anti-debt. That's definitely how I work with my money. Well, I know Uncle Dave Ramsey wouldn't think you're stupid, and neither do I, because <laughs> cash is still king. And all these folks who you know have um, the half a million dollars in their garage we see during COVID how, you know, the repo man and even the best in neighborhoods come and pick those things up. And I don't think that that's stupid at all. We also have to ask ourselves, who are we taking advice from? Because if you're taking advice from another broke person, even if they on paper have a whole bunch of money, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're broke or broken, which is even worse. My gosh. 
Um, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's stupid. So where did you get this financial literacy from? Um, I feel like just from observing my mom, I was always, as a young kid, I was watching, I had a lot of entrepreneurs in my family. And as a very young kid, I was watching all of them. And I remember I would just watch my mom, my aunt, my grandparents and what they were doing with their money. And I would be watching, you know, if someone messed up, I would watch that and note that and everything. So yeah, by the time I came of age, I mean, the only financial literacy I had had was watching my family members. And I had watched some family members crash and burn really badly financially. And I remember that was almost scarring because I was like, okay, hell no, not doing that because that that looks terrible. And I don't want to be, you know, 60 and have nothing like this is not a good plan here. So it was just from my own observations um, along the way. I mean, I'm fortunate enough. My best friend is a CPA and she's super, super smart. So anytime I have any questions, I can just ask her, uh, which is you know, great great best friend partnership right there. Uh, so it's just kind of been all a work in progress, but I'm definitely an old soul at heart. So I feel like my approach to money is, is always just old school, which is, you know, save, buy what you can, don't spend beyond your means. Um, pretty standard stuff. Yeah, pretty standard. And you and I um, studied political science. That's at least what my bachelor's was in. And, you know, with this type of thinking, you probably at one point said, you know, I, I could really run for office and change some things. And that's until you get on the hill and have a position. <laughs> and you're like, oh, man, this is that corporate nonsense again. When you were studying in school, what did you think you wanted to be? <laughs> you know, Callan, I'm going to give you credit because you definitely have an ability to understand people more deeply than the average person. You're tapping into some stuff here. Um, I was studying political science because I thought I wanted to go into politics merely because I'm someone who wants to make a change. You know, it wasn't anything more than that. And since I had the intention of I want to make a change, I realized to me that that actually isn't done in politics at all. That's politics is the narcissist fest. And if you want to make a change, you do it from the outside where all the politicians are knocking on your door, begging you to partner with them. So, you know, when I was in school, I wanted to be president. That's what I would tell people. I'm going to be the president. I'm going to be the president. And I see today, I do not want to be the president of the United States. That does not seem like a good gig to me. Um, and I don't think that I want to make change from a political avenue. So I said goodbye to all of it and kind of pivoted my skill set. And now I'm super happy just being like very pro business. And I feel like I can help people a lot more by helping them start businesses than I can passing a policy in, you know, Washington, D.C. I don't see the point anymore. I, I definitely get it. I, I've had a, a small stint. Sometimes we still do government RFPs. It's everything that you put out there. And what you were referring to with me, it's a gift. Um, I'll try not to go so deep we'll have you in tears of joy or <laughs> of, of happiness but I, I just have to you know when it's put on me I say okay let me let me say that piece now do you ever get the imposter syndrome where you're so scared you say you know what maybe I need to go get one more degree maybe I need to just make sure I'm bulletproof for the next 20 or 30 years and go grab a degree in this so in case this doesn't work out the way I planned, I can do something else. Everyone, even up to Elon Musk, gets the imposter syndrome every so often. And I think if they say they don't, they're lying. I just know at this point how to quiet it. If I can recognize it when it's rearing its ugly head in, in my brain. I can recognize what it is and I can look at it and go, stop. 
So I never get so far as to think that I need to go get another degree. But yeah, I mean, anytime I start something new, like right now, I'm trying to get into YouTube and I'm procrastinating it because I am, you know, YouTube is very intimidating with everyone's video editing and all that crap. I can't stand it. But like, I know, you know, there's money to be made there. So I, if anything, I let, I let the imposter syndrome cause me to procrastinate at times, but I never let it go so far as to have me thinking, I need another degree or, you know, I need this, I need that. Um, if anything, don't get me started on higher education. I think that's pretty outdated too. So I don't let it go that far in my head. Well, yes, yes, yes. Agree, agree to all of that. And, you know, I saw your YouTube and, you know, YouTube is a drug addict. And this is from somebody who manages influencers and, you know, has million plus YouTubers. And, and I love that stuff because they said I'd never make money with TV as a kid. You'll never make money watching TV. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm, I'm doing that, right? That's at least one of the things that, that I do. But YouTube is a drug addict. You have to feed it often. It needs a hit every day. So how, when you're doing your YouTube, do you feel like you're put in a box and I can only talk about these things and focus on this because they won't care about me doing pottery or me learning how to fly an airplane. Cause you got to do that when you're in Florida, that's, that's mandatory. <laughs> but <laughs> do you ever, how, how do you feel about just the growth of, of YouTube? Because they pay you peanuts until you get to a certain level when you're you know, in a different place in the algorithm. But your YouTube journey, give us your feelings deeper than what you had stated. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I mean, I feel overwhelmed by YouTube because I, I feel like it's a whole thing that, like you said, that needs your attention every single day. And I was going to attempt to do it by myself two weeks ago. And I saw, oh, hell no, this isn't going to happen. So, you know, I quickly found a YouTube editor. I have someone else to do the thumbnails. Um, I mean, today I actually just did a house vlog on my camera right here, uh, pre-house, because I'm in my house right now, but I'm going to redo the whole thing. So I'm like, all right, I talk about freelancing all the time. Maybe I'll try a vlog and these people will like it. Um, I personally spend no time on YouTube. I think that's my disadvantage here is that I don't understand why people do. And I think it has to do with, yeah, turn, tuning into the TV show of you and your life of Kellen. Like they want to know everything. They want to know what toothpaste did you use this morning? What pool are you sitting by right now? You know, it's like, I think I have to learn all that. I, and that's the daunting part. I feel exhausted by it. Like there's so much I'm going to have to learn. So just do you and enjoy it. Monetize your life. Uh, people ask me because some people know our long-term clients and they'll say, why don't you use your client um, YouTube to, you know, bump your, your numbers up and do all that. I say, well, it's all because of how this started and why I'm doing it. And I'm happy being the Al Heyman. I don't know if you know who Al Heyman is, but he is the guy behind Mayweather and a lot of other boxers who did not rip them off like Don King did. Um, I'm happy in this space. And who watches my show are my other clients and influencers because they'll ask me, hey, that interview you did, I get paid more than many of my clients in just life period, right? And I never talk about money or how much this and that. But if you focus your YouTube and use it as your personal diary, it may not be the biggest channel ever, but you might find another million dollars coming into your pocket because of who's watching. So it's not the masses. You don't have to be everything to everybody. And that's a scary thing to want to be famous because as the famous quote is, that's a hell of a drug. 
and I, I don't, I don't take drugs. No, no, my, I don't, I don't want it. <laughs> so don't, don't worry about the numbers so much of why you're doing it. Is it to inspire the 14 year old or the 44 year old? Ask yourself that and just do what you want to do. Cause it's more rich and wealthy to be able to do what you want to do, whether nobody even knows about it, but you're able to do it because you love to do it. Are you familiar yeah. with uh, Seth Goldwyn? No. I'll send you his book. Um, he's written over 200 of them, but he, he writes about tribes. He's written The Purple Cow. He's written so many great books, but he started mm -hmm. off this blogging thing. He is the great grandfather of blogging. Baldhead, uh, yellow glasses, whatnot, looks like a nerd, but everybody listens to him, including Gary Vee, because he started this thing. And yeah. one of the first. So I, I, I love that, you know, you have that right head on your shoulder doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, outside of Fiverr, what can we catch you doing? Is it horseback riding? Is it the airplanes? Is it maybe it's helicopters for you? Uh, you will not catch me in helicopters because I hate heights and I hate flying. Uh, I'm actually scared of helicopters, <laughs> but you will catch me road tripping often. You'll catch me traveling, staying in little off the beaten path Airbnbs, um, bringing my cat with me, uh, taking photos. You know, if you see my Instagram, I actually love photography. It's one of my hobbies. I refuse to let people pay me for it because I don't want to uh, not love it as much as I do right now. So, you, you know, you'll catch me doing all the classic millennial things of Van life, if I could, I feel like I need a guy to do that to be safe. So I'm looking for one of those. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I get it. I get it. And so why do you think you need a guy to be safe? I, go, go deeper on that, please. Um, you know, people always say to me when they meet me, they, they anticipate I'm going to be tall, I think, from my internet persona, but I'm quite small. I'm 5'3". I'm a little person. And... You know, I've, I've actually had some weird um, scares recently, just not scares. I'm just not getting used to it. I've had people come up to me and recognize me from the internet, which that was the first time that's happened to me. Um, I've had people attempt to like bring me things. It's just, it's gotten, a, um, I've hit that point, you know, where I'm a little, I feel a little like a sitting duck. And if I was going to be traveling around the country into places that I'm not familiar with, I probably wouldn't want someone to watch, you know, this little person get in and out of a van all alone. I feel like that might pique their interest a little too much. So I think I would just feel safer if I had a partner with me. Okay, I got you. So fellow YouTubers, you know, you can check that out. Not you ones that are, are too thirsty to, you know, behave, but for those who... <laughs> For those who have, you know, common sense and <laughs> whatnot, that's, that's interesting. I mean, we're here in Florida, you and I, and, you know, during COVID is when we flew in here to relocate mm -hmm. and uh, CCWs just went up. Um, I've always been a, a supporter of being able to protect yourself. And even my girls, LondonAndSydney.com, that's their website. They would do three days of jujitsu, two days of swimming during the week prior to COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think women need to be able to protect themselves. And yeah. there's no martial arts like jujitsu where a smaller woman like yourself can be on her back, die in between her legs. And when you're done with him, he's saying, tap out. And maybe you scratch out his eyes too, just so he remembers you. Um, 
we 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 want to promote that for all women, especially because that's how we're going to stop these creeps from yeah. violating, as they've done for generations. A, a lot of folks will say, "Well, she's fiber pro, Kelly." And I can see the Reddit haters right now. I, I'm sure she's in some type of you know secret. They're promoting this behind the scenes and helping her. But let those who aren't even hating on you, what does it mean when you get to Fiverr Pro besides just being able to be able to charge the higher fees and be seen? What other perks do you get? Uh, that's it. I mean, so people think that I'm in partnership with Fiverr or that, you know, they're doing all this for me or whatever. And they, they would um, crack up if they only knew that I have no affiliation with Fiverr. And if anything, I've proposed to Fiverr a partnership where I get paid for this free promo I do and they've shot it down. So I get zero perks and they still take their 20% from every order I do. I don't get like, I, you know, they don't waive the 20% because it's me. Um, I get treated just like anyone else on there. So, you know, the perk of Fiverr Pro is you're the top 1% of the platform. You can justify charging a lot. And that's why I stick around, but I don't plan to stick around forever because I don't have a love affair with Fiverr and nor are they with me. And, I, you know, that's probably for the best in the end because I, I do the best if I'm not owned by something or some entity. And Fiverr certainly doesn't own me. And um, I probably am happier for it, but I don't get any perks. And I can go on the record saying that. <laughs> What a loss for Fiverr. This is so this is why we can't stand corporate. Here yeah. you have someone doing all of this, making it look great. You have competition. Everyone check out Upwork now, right? right. You have competition and that they don't bring you on and say, not just um not taking the 20%, but even a real position saying we want to tour you around the world, even in India, where many people you know, are making a living. It's just crazy that they don't do that. My God. Yeah. You, you should talk to my mom every day. My mom go, my mom can't even believe it, you know, and it's, I used to be quiet about it for a while because I needed the money I was making on there. But at this point, my brand is so much bigger than them. I'm starting to just be transparent about it. And yeah, they, they have no interest in aligning with me. So, you know, you might catch me this year promoting other uh, freelancing platforms. Look out, Fiverr. <laughs> Upwork and Guru are going to be calling you shortly. Like, hey, they don't respect it. We do. I think you should come out with a, a song. I don't know what your genre of music is, but whether it's rap or like a Taylor Swift song, like a lover, how she talks about them, you need to come out with a song that's like, <laughs> oh, man, I, I like to write. I'm a creative. It just comes off like that. But you, you, you definitely, we're going to talk offline. Talk about talking offline, you guys. There are some things I like to tell her offline. And you guys, go check out her YouTube. Links will be in the description. Check out her website, Beautifully Done. But I thank you and appreciate you for coming on as a guest. Thank you for having me, Kellen. You know what? This is actually almost therapeutic for me. You gave me a lot to think about. And I also love all of the sayings that you use. You're, you're wise beyond your years. Thank you, thank you. And, and you guys know she just can't see the gray hairs in these love locks. But... <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and lots, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.